0: We don't like talking about death in our society. We're all supposed to be young and preferably sexy forever. Let's face it. People get old and it's a lovely experience. That's a good thing. Welcome to the Happiness Project. My name is Mike, I am your host. And I'm talking about mental illness like it is a normal thing, like I always do. I'm hoping the more we talk about it, the less of a thing it will be. And hopefully it'll just be something else that we can talk about normally. I'm calling this episode, Suicide is Not the End of the Story. And I understand that talking about suicide is a very touchy subject with some people. It is something that leaves deep scars on those who are left behind when someone takes their own life or someone succumbs to suicide. That's the way I like to put it. So if you might feel uncomfortable about this topic you might want to skip this episode but I think it'll be worthwhile nonetheless. I've spoken in the past about someone in my life that succumbed to suicide. His name was Matt. He was someone that I worked with as a reporter at one point. I want to talk about two other people in my life another one named Matt and a friend from high school named Tim both Tim and Matt I went to high school with and I want to talk about their lives for a reason we talk about people in our lives that we've lost we talk about them fondly especially those that we've lost too soon whether it be losing someone to cancer a sudden accident we never seem to be afraid to keep their memories alive and that's a good thing yet There's usually a hushed silence when talking about someone that we've lost to suicide. As I said, we speak in hushed tones, the conversations are brief, and we usually move on, and that's it. I don't think this is fair to people. Why? Because there are so many things about mental illness that are like other illnesses. There are physical symptoms. I've said this many times. There are chemical reactions, electrical impulses, neural pathways that aren't functioning normally in your brain. I don't know everything about mental illness, but this is what I usually tell people. I know that there are some very basic precepts that we all understand about this illness. We don't understand how it interacts with our mind and our body necessarily, but we know that there's something there that's malfunctioning. I'd like to focus on the physical symptoms so that we can stop rationalizing this notion that people are making it up. If mental illness is just something that we make up in our head, why do we take physical medications to regulate brain activity? Physical. We don't choose this condition. It chooses us. Now, suicide is something, as I said, that's not spoken about all that much Even when I was in the media for about 10 years, when I was reporting on the death of someone, if it turned out that that person died as a result of suicide, we usually would not cover the story. And it was said at the time that we wouldn't cover it out of a sign of respect. That's part of it, and I think there's something to that. But I also think it's part of the stigma. We don't want to stigmatize the families of those left behind. Many people think suicide is a selfish act. I understand that, especially to the people who are left behind. You know, as someone that has been on the brink twice in my life, I know, however, that the feelings of hopelessness, desperation, and pain can be unbearable for someone to get to this point. And For someone to get to this point, they are also usually ridiculously and endlessly exhausted. That's why I tend to say people succumb to suicide. Sometimes the illness is just too strong. And some people don't have the tools to know how to fix things or a roadmap of where they can find peace. Especially when you're young. You don't have the life experience to know that, you know, life can be better. You feel things more intensely, your hormones are raging, and and those factors don't help. Your thinking is much less nuanced and less informed than it is when you grow older and you acquire wisdom through life experience. That's what I think. The first time I was on the brink of suicide, I was in my 20s. And I didn't really know at the time what was happening to me. I didn't go for help until it was too late. I really didn't even have a word for what it was I was going through. I didn't know what to do. And that lack of information, education, life experience, and I'll say it, yes, shame, led me to a moment where I contemplated suicide. Happily for me, I persevered and I found my way out. But not everyone does. It doesn't mean these people are selfish and it doesn't mean they're bad people. They are people who cannot overcome a strong illness. And this leads me to Matt. Matt was the younger brother of one of my high school friends. He was a quiet guy, often living in the shadows of his older brother, who was, I know from firsthand experience, he was a gregarious, outgoing, mad genius sort of a character. Very popular in our high school. Well, at least amongst the people I knew. Both Matt and his brother came from a very good home in a very nice part of the city. They both were extremely smart. I met his parents a few times. They were very good people. God-fearing people, great family, close from what I could see. There didn't seem like to be there didn't seem as if there was anything wrong. And I will say I didn't know Matt very well. He had his friends in high school, but I mainly only knew him through his brother, his older brother, who was my friend. There are a few things that stick out in my mind about him. One, I remember my friend once grabbing him in the hallway at school, where he repeated this this famous line from the Chris Farley movie, Tommy Boy, and my friend says, brothers don't shake hands, brothers got a hug. Now, if you know the movie Tommy Boy, you'll know that scene. And it was quite the scene in the hallway. And, you know, Matt, obviously, I think he was turning red at that point. But, you know, it was all in good fun. My friend used to like to tease his brother. All in good fun. I also remember one time in math class. This was my grade 13 math class, back when there was a grade 13. I got top marks on this test in the class, much to my surprise, actually to my shock. Mad was in that class and I remember rubbing it in to him just, you know, as a way of letting him know that he was clearly much better at math than me. But for this one time and one time only, I got the better of him. It was all in good fun since... I was generally pretty terrible at math, and Matt was really good-natured about it. I don't recall much about when Matt died. It was, I believe, after our high school years. I know that my friends all knew how we died. I remember going to his funeral at Sacred Heart Church in Sarnia, and nothing being said. I remember my friend, his older brother wearing a Three Stooges tie and smiling bravely through everything, being there for his parents, who I can only assume were absolutely crushed. I only remember one other time talking to his parents. Uh, This was in later years when I believe I was in uh, university and I was sleeping over at my friend's house after, you know, we we had had a few drinks at the bar and I didn't want to drive home. And Remember talking to him and just remember how quiet that house was. Um, it might have been because it was a Sunday morning, or you know, maybe I'm just thinking too much about things. But I—that's the only other time I spoke to them. And, but and that's basically all I can say about Matt because I don't know much more than that, and I think that's a shame. He was a good kid, and he had his whole life ahead of him. He was smart. And was no doubt destined to do great things. But mental illness took him down in the prime of his life. And that's the distinction I like to make. Mental illness took him down. I I think it's a shame he died more than 20 years ago at a time when mental illness wasn't discussed. And there certainly weren't the supports in the community for this condition that we have now. And I wonder how younger people handle mental illness now and handle situations where their friends might be in distress like that. And I wonder how things could have been different for Matt. The second person I wanted to talk about is my high school friend, Tim. Tim lived... In my hometown. I lived in a hometown, in a small town, you know, about six, 7,000. Tim lived in my hometown. He went to the same church that I did. I saw his family there every week. He and I went to different grade schools. So I didn't get to know him until grade nine when we ended up going to the same high school. Tim was one of the first people to accept me into a group of friends in high school, which really was. A blessing for me as many of my grade school friends went to a different high school and my first days at this huge high school were quite daunting I mean I went from a school in a very small community the school was about 200 kids to a high school that was 2000 so major culture shock for me Tim was there for me almost right away and made me feel welcome Tim was a brilliant guy both intellectually and otherwise he had a very high i would say eq emotional quotient he read huge books i remember that one of the first things i i I noticed when i went to his house i saw these books on his wall that he had read and i thought man this guy's smart man he's reading books i never would so he read those huge books he was a car guy i remember that he was one of the few people i knew who knew how to drive a stick a stick shift and he drove this 1970s orange Volkswagen Beetle and kept that thing maintained all through high school. He loved that car. He had a technical mind. He was a great amateur wrestler. I, early on in high school, I often spent evenings at his house watching satellite TV since his family had satellite TV and mine didn't. Um, He was always very gracious and very giving. I'll always remember that he was the guy that went out of his way to say goodbye to everyone when we went our separate ways at the end of a school day or when we went off to our classes. I don't know why that sticks out in my head. But again, these little things about him. Because I always remember him. He would be like, hey, Mike, Mike, bye. Have a good day. He would always get your attention to let you know that have a good day or have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow. just, Just to acknowledge your humanity. And I always, I remember how much that stood out. At that time, again, um, little things that spoke to me of his humanity. Um, He was the oldest of three brothers. His dad played in our church choir. He just came from a family that was as solid as a rock. And in later years, Tim and I, we drifted apart, even though we remained, you know, casual friends. We never lost touch completely. He started to run with a different crowd than me, and but he retained that trademark hospitality and warmth. We used to talk about you know music or you know rock or whatever it was we had in common. Um, just a great, great guy. You know, in later years after high school, I went to university quite a ways uh, away from my hometown, so I did lose touch with a lot of people that I grew up with. I lost touch with Tim, but I remember we crossed paths one night when we found ourselves at the same club in Sarnia where this rock band Grady was playing. Grady was a side project um, by the the lead singer of uh, Big Sugar, Gordy Johnson, so Grady was his uh, side project for a while. Anyway, we went to see Grady and we talked for a while over beers and talked about our lives and... That was pretty much the last I saw of him. He looked like he was in a good place. He was living in, I believe, London at the time. Had a family. You know, good, solid job. You know, things where I believe he had a job. Something technical. Um, and that was it. The next time I heard his name was when my, uh, my best friend from high school told me Tim had died. And he seemed to know, my, my friend I should say, seemed to know how Tim had died and it was pretty clear from what he told me that Tim had succumbed to suicide. I don't state this as a fact but I know it's more than likely what happened. All I know is that as I mentioned there were kids left behind and a partner. I have no idea what his life was like and what could possibly have led to this outcome but I mentioned these things about him from high school for a reason. Tim has a story that was tragically cut short, but I am telling you a tiny bit of his story because his life mattered, just like Matt's life mattered. And that leads me to this one final thought. Suicide should not be the end of someone's story. We need to keep talking about these people so they do not become forgotten. You might think that someone taking their own life is selfish, and that's okay if you do, because I don't know what it's like to lose someone in my life to suicide. I don't know what it's like as a loved one who is left behind. So I understand that sentiment. But I would simply suggest that you don't know what it's like to struggle like these people did. I say it this again and again. You don't know what you don't know. You cannot understand anyone's mental illness unless you can magically get inside their head. It's a relentless force at times, and not everyone comes out. It's no different than cancer or other chronic diseases. It can kill you. And that's the key for me. It can kill you. It can kill you. I don't know that anyone wants to kill themselves, but I understand people feeling they need to kill themselves just to end the pain. And here's one final thought. As you know, I'm a person of faith. And whether you're a person of faith or not, whether you're a Christian or not, you will know that suicide is seen as a mortal sin by Christians and most people of faith. I would merely suggest to people, whether you're Christian or whether you belong to another faith, is just about every one of the major faiths warn you not to judge other people. And that's why I always remind people to remember that they don't know what it's like to struggle with someone else's mental illness by judging someone in my mind, we're not being helpful and we're not being fair. You don't know what it's like to struggle and you don't know you have absolutely no proof that what this person is going through is something they made up in their head. I will go one step further and say, this person did not make it up in their head. I pray for Matt and Tim every single night. To me, they're worth it. I don't focus on their endings. But I focus on the humanity they showed when I knew them. And I know this was kind of a a heavy topic. If you know of someone that is in distress, or if it might be you that's in distress, I would urge you to seek the help of a professional who is trained to help you with these situations. There are resources in every community. In some provinces, you can call 311 You can go online and you can do a quick Google search and find the help you need very quickly. And I thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Happiness Project Podcast. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can find us on Facebook. Type in Happiness Project Ottawa in your search on Facebook. You'll find our Facebook page with links to my email and our website. My name is Mike. Thank you so much for joining me. God bless.